can see Esther's face right now, literally head in hands. Like yes. you, they've crushed the couple's therapist spirit over here. Hi, I'm Esther Boykin. And I'm Erica Turner. We're licensed marriage and family therapists. And together we run Therapy is Not a Dirty Word a collection of workshops, retreats, happy hours, and other awesome ways, like this podcast, to bring people and therapists together in real life. With that being said, here's the podcast. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited because I'm always excited because it's podcast time. And... I like this. We're going to talk totally about your your thesis. Oh, it's how technology <laughs> is ruining, is possibly destroying all of humanity. The fabric of social connections. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which is very fascinating because it is basically the exact opposite of your usual yes position on technology and social media and all of the things of modern life. Right. Yeah, my normal position is that people get really like way too anxious and way too worried about how technology is intersecting with human beings and that we adapt and we figure it out. And sure, there are bumps along the way and there are things we have to re sort of calibrate. But overall, like I think there's way too much fear mongering about how your phone is poisoning your brain and yeah. That sort Destroying of thing. Children. Yes. Yeah. Just taking them apart from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I think that it's just overblown. And I mean, I guess to undo my whole argument that I'm going to make, I guess for this whole podcast, like you could also make the argument that we will adjust to the said changes that we're going to yeah. talk about today. Um, but that I would say, yes, hopefully we will. Cause otherwise we're screwed. Basically. Yeah, um, but we're not there in the adjusting part yet. We are, we are still, I think, at the beginning of of this problem. I think so, I think so too. I think this is an interesting position because I think usually you and I are very much on the same. And to be fair, I think we're still on the same page about the role of technology. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a tool like it's, anything else. Exactly, I mean, human beings have developed over you know the ages. Mm-hmm. We use them poorly and also to like further our lives. Right. Like I think it's it's a little bit of both. Exactly. Yeah. But I do think you make a good point. Also it forces me to rethink a lot of the ways I want to use technology. So <laughs> it's, very, it's actually very It's all coming yeah, to Jesus meeting. <laughs> You're just like, nope, just kidding. Let's not do this episode yeah, at all. This is terrible. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about a couple different examples, but really what it boils down to is that technology is helping us avoid awkward or uncomfortable conversations in a way that I don't think is always helpful to us. Um, and we've got some examples, which one should we start with? So there's a couple of different ones. Do we want to start? We could start with the sex button. That's what I was going to say. Because it is by far my most favorite example of, of technology gone wrong. Yeah. Just like what? No. What is the thought behind this? And where do you think you're going to end up 
Well, you know what the thought is behind this. I'm not gonna have a com- I'm not gonna have a conversation with my partner. I'm just gonna hit a button. Hit a button. I wish you guys could see Esther's face right now, literally head <laughs> in hands. Like yes. you, they've crushed the couple's therapist spirit over here. Have, like, <laughs> what kind of insane plan is this for your sex life? Oh my god! Right, so you should. All right, explain the sex button. Okay. Before I lose my mind. I'm going to explain the sex button, which I will say, as far as I know, doesn't actually exist yet. It seems like it's a Kickstarter for now. So maybe as a prototype somewhere. Yes. That's the, you can look it up. Um, just Google sex button. It'll come up. Yeah. <laughs> like to be super clear, like we're not just sort of in our own little language calling it the sex button. Oh, no. In fact... That is what it's called. It is a sex button. It's a sex button. I mean, there's an actual name for it, but sex button. Just look. Just Google, Google sex, sex button. button. That's that's all you need. So the sex buttons come in a set, one for each bedside table, which also, I can't even get through the first line description without being upset. Describe, and then I'm going to describe what that scene looks like okay. for people who are not sure. I'm already upset. In my relationship. <laughs> So first of all, to be clear, this is this is a sex button for couples. Yes, for couples. This is not like if you're single and you want to like have sex, you press a button. That's no, a, we can talk about other apps. That's not right. This. That's that's not this. Um, so the sex buttons come in a set, one for each person's bedside table. You can press it when you want to indicate to your partner that you want to have sex. If both partners tap their buttons in the same 15 minute consensus window. Both buttons will glow green and you'll know the other person is horny too. Once again, Esther's head is back in her hands. I just, I just, I can't. I can't. Oh God, no. So where do we begin? So first as an aside, I'm just going to go ahead and say the only place where I feel like this could work. And even then I am strongly in opposition to the sex button. Sure. Would be if like strangers or like oh, like people who were like, we want to really double down on very clear consent. Just, oh, gotcha. Sure. Like a consent like, button. Like, like consent I am into sex button. with you. We've yes. Done some things. And right. Like, but even that is still problematic because still you can still revoke consent at any time during sexual activity. I mean, so you're going to keep it. The button again. I don't know. Does the light go out? I, what, and then how do you communicate? Well, I'm okay with this, but I'm not okay with this. Right. Oh, I don't know. You actually have a fucking conversation with that person. Wait, do you use fucking words when you want to fuck people? Oh my God. Ah. So for those of you with more delicate ears, I'm sorry, but what? This, you're going to hear some stuff. What the fuck? What the fuck? Literally. Yeah. 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 If you cannot Mm. figure out how to articulate in words. To your partner. To your partner that you are interested in having sex with them. That presumably you're in some sort of long-term relationship because you on your bedside table. You have a shared bed. Right. You're not hitting a button in, so, in your other house that you don't share with this person. Right. Because 15 minutes is probably not enough time for you to get together <laughs> if you're in different houses. Right. So I just, mm. so you're in bed with a person with whom you are in a sexual relationship. relationship. Yes. Because otherwise you shouldn't be using this button. Then you both are in bed 
with each other Mm -hmm. or presumably at the minimum in the same room with each other and you would prefer to press a button than speak to the other person is a clear indicator that you need to not be having sex at that time. Mm -hmm. Maybe not ever until we've really worked on our social skills. Yeah. Like being able to communicate, being able to have slightly uncomfortable or extremely uncomfortable conversations is foundational to any relationship, to any relationship, but it is 100% essential to, to a, a sexual relationship at every stage of the game, every stage, of like the literally game. before sex, during sex, after sex, all of it, you've got to be able all to talk times. to each other yes. about sex and what's happening. And again, like even if you're in a committed relationship, you can still, of course, say no. Yeah. Not be into it at any point, at any point. I and want something different until this point, And now I don't want to, yeah. I want to do something else. These are basic. And listen, the fact that we are a therapist does not mean that we don't have awkward conversations that we right. don't find these oh, no. conversations difficult or uncomfortable mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That's a human experience, but it is sort of like the cost of playing. Right. Yeah. Is that we, we have to do that out there to say, like, to say things right out loud to, our to the other person. Yes. Who we are having sex with. So yeah, it's really key. It's I mean, super key. And if we, we back down <laughs> from our initial rage, I, we, of course, as, as Esther yeah. was just saying, like, of course, acknowledge it can be very difficult to have partner uh, conversations with your partner about sex, that people get into ruts around sex, that there can be trauma associated with sex, that there are yeah, a lot, lot of issues. Lots of vulnerability and lots of like easily, Lots of landmines where you can say something that might hurt your partner's feelings or vice versa. Exactly. But the way to resolve that is to actually talk to each other mm-hmm. or figure out what it is that is preventing you from actually talking to each other, whether that's something that's a more of an internal process for, for you yeah. or if that's something that's happening in the shared conversation or if you're not making time, right? Like you're so busy and you're not making time to talk to your partner like you know, my sex drive has been really low lately because whatever reason, like you're not making the time to have that conversation. The sex button doesn't really solve any of those problems. It solves nothing. I mean, I guess maybe if you're just that busy and, and I'm sure there's, there's going to be someone who's like, well, it can be like maybe sexy. And well, again, you get it. And you guys got a whole sexy thing and it, you hit the button and it makes you cool. feel good. Of course, just ignore everything we're saying. Right. Get your sex button. Right. Get your sex button. But if you're like, I need a sex button because I don't want to have to tell my partner when I'm into it or when I'm not. Then you are not allowed to have a sex button. You are not allowed to have a sex button. I am writing you a prescription for not sex button. (laughs) Anti-sex button. Anti-sex button. Literally anything but this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like this but I think it's it's a perfect example of what you what you started to talk about, which is this idea that like we're gonna use technology to, to not circumvent and basically give us permission not to work on basic human relationship skills. Right. Right. So let's I think we this is a good time to transition into the Uber. Yes. To the Uber button. Which also I didn't realize this until I was doing reading for this podcast. Did you know that that the so we're gonna talk about the Uber quiet quiet mode? Quiet mode, yes. Um that it's only gonna be available on like the higher tier Uber 
Oh. So like black, Uber black or like Uber XL, yes. I think it's not going to be available for like regular. Which, which, Ubers. So there's also like a class element that they've managed to include. Exactly. To basically force people to meet our needs without, without having to treat them as human beings with their own sets of needs. Exactly. So people who don't know what the Uber quiet mode is, it basically, and I feel like you you know me, I always like skim it. I got it. So you may have to add more details, but it basically is like a button in your Uber app that allows you to tell your Uber driver that you don't want them to talk to you. Yes. They are to pick you up. Right. And you are paying for a quiet ride. Exactly. As in, don't speak to me. Right. I mean, can they make icon? I don't know what the, the so are. I, it's quiet, preferred, happy to chat, and then there's no preference. So then your driver, oh, your driver then gets to, then at that point, your gets driver to decide. gets to be a human being with be their own set of preferences. Right, but right, right. Wonderful. But the other options you choose for them, quiet, preferred, and happy to chat. I think also, and I was a little bit unclear of this too, because someone had said that there's an option, I'm not sure. For the quiet mode where they won't even be able to, like, listen to music in their car. Oh. I could be wrong about that piece, though. I'm And I'm not – I'm re-looking at the article that I found about it. But I – if I can't even handle it if that's also – that's going on. I just can't even. And so for those of you who are like, this sounds awesome, and you're about to, like, really get defensive about our response to this, yeah. I'm going to go on record as saying I love a silent Uber ride. Me too. Or Lyft or what I yeah. enjoy. Like if someone else is driving me around, it is like a reprieve in my day. And I really wish that nobody would speak to me. Yeah. That's I, what I like. Me too. I often don't get my nails done for the same reason. Because I really just want silence. Because <laughs> they're going to talk to you. I don't. <laughs> I also opt out. Like I opt out of going to get my nails done a lot of times because I recognize yeah. that that's my need for quiet. Right. But it is a human being mm-hmm. and not a machine on the other end of this interaction and they have their own sets of needs. Exactly. And telling another human being not to speak to me because I want quiet. Right. But that's the thing. That's the thing about the button is I'm not even telling you. I'm literally hitting a button. I'm not even, it's not like, which would be totally acceptable, right? If if we if sort of recognize started. our own needs and sort of say to the person yeah. like, hey, you know, I've, I'm just really stressed out or whatever. Like yeah. I just... It, I'd prefer not to talk. That is a human interaction. Right. Me hitting a flipping button, <laughs> trying to reduce the yeah. F-bombs here. <laughs> so, and so that you arrive to me completely quiet is the most dehumanizing Absolutely. crap. I have yeah. just, ugh, it makes me so angry. Even though, again, I hate talking in the Uber. Like, I would yeah. definitely prefer not to talk they're, they're 100% of the I, time. Yeah, I do not enjoy small talk. No. No, I, no. I just don't. I'm just going to end up talking about your childhood. Like, that's... Right. Like, <laughs> then I'm just... Doing. I'm not super... I never feel like I'm good at small talk because I'm not really interested in the weather or just sort of kind of casual conversation. Right. If we're going to talk, then I do want to hear about, like, deep, meaningful things. And that's what I do for a living. Right. So I don't actually want to do that with you. Right. Because the, the conversation is just going to slide slide there. That's yeah. how they always go. The, the number of marriage issues, dating issues, childhood traumas, addiction issues that I have right. discussed with manicurists, hairstylists, 
waiters, bartenders, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers is kind of scary. Yeah. So if anybody would be in favor of quiet mode, let me It's us. It's us. Yeah. But also it's a dehumanizing because it is about, it's very different to be in. And I have, and sometimes I stay in conversations I don't want to be in because it's uncomfortable to say to somebody, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate like, that's a really interesting story or whatever you're talking about. I apologize. Like I really, um, I just need a few minutes of quiet, you know, yeah. spin, whatever, however you want to, however phrase you that. want to phrase it. Sometimes I just suck it up and I let them talk to me. Other right. times I suck it up and I say the uncomfortable thing. And, but either That's way, you're either recognizing way. that it's another human being in yeah. the interaction as opposed to when you hit the button, it's sort of like you exist to fill my needs mm-hmm. and you your needs don't exist. Right. They are completely irrelevant. They are not important to me. Don't. They don't matter. Yeah. And. Because how many Uber drivers want to want to have their own quiet mode? Right. Because they, they enjoy all of the stories that people getting in their cars have to tell? No. No. But they don't get to, like, it's not they don't, a two-way street. Exactly. And I think that that goes to the variety of ways that we really do, we can. We don't always do it. And I have thoughts about really how this is, ha- why it's happening at the rate that it is, where you use technology as a way to basically strip other human beings of their needs. And it's not that we strip them of their actual needs, mm-hmm. but it allow, gives us permission to pretend that, that they don't the person have on the other side of this app, this button, this whatever, mm-hmm. isn't another human being with their own sets of feelings and needs and desires. Right. I should have some basic human respect for and mm-hmm. curiosity about. Exactly. Well, and the thing about the, the also the, the, that bothers me about the quiet mode button is like so many people are going to hit that button, right? That like that person is going to be sitting in an Uber driving for however many hours, not allowed to speak to other humans in the car with them yeah. because a lot of people aren't, I, I'm sure some people are chatty and my husband, for instance, would never hit that button. Um, <laughs> he could be happy to chat. <laughs> I will at least I will say in the, the no preference zone. Yes. Like, I don't really want to, but if you if you, but want, if to you chat, want to chat, that's I, that's fine. And I can say I don't want to chat. Like yeah, you know, our, our if it really is just I like say not. It to you as a human being. Right. So I can get in the car and you can feel comfortable greeting me. Right. And, and not have a because there's plenty of times where I'm like, hey, how are you? Good. How you doing? Oh, we're going here. Okay, great. And then the rest of the ride is quiet. Yeah. And but it's fine. Can have a human interaction right not a you must pick me up silently because you are i mean granted i don't even know how long we're gonna still have this process because all of this is probably going to be supplanted by robots anyway in terms of drivers but while we still have human beings picking us up i think that we should afford them some human dignity yeah (laughs) and it ignores which is actually so I do a bunch of work with sidewalk talk and like kind of our, one of the core missions is about the idea that loneliness is like an epidemic. And there's lots of articles and lots of research. And we can talk about that some right. other time. But as recently as last week, I had a driver and literally the reason she started, she has a full-time job. Mm-hmm. The reason she started driving, she said, was that her husband had died and her oh. adult son said to her, you're lonely. Oh. And you like talking to like me and my friends. And he's, I don't know in his late twenties or something like yeah. mid to late twenties. He's like, all we do is get an Uber. <laughs> Drive an Uber. And she's like, it's actually been really good for me. Oh, all of these. I'm like, 
Yeah. All these different, all and these a different, lot of young people, a lot especially. Of young people and, right. And she yeah. was very, I think she thought I was way younger than I actually am. So she was just like, yeah, kids, that's what I call you guys. Kids like you. Like, that's super sweet. I'm probably only like eight years younger than you, but fine. <laughs> but fine. Whatever. I'll, I'll be a kid. Whatever. But I think about that piece of it too, in terms of like, it's, it is both dehumanizing and it, it ignores all of the ways in which, and a lot of it, yes, is uncomfortable or kind of feels like a nuisance, but like, those are the tiny interactions that actually help us to all feel less lonely in the world. Exactly. And we're basically using technology as a way to cut out all of that the very thing that we most need in our I mean, the research is quite clear that one of the most protective factors for our health, for our mental well-being is human connection. And we keep trying to find ways to go around human connection. Like, no, no, no. Let's have a sex button. No, no, no. Let's have a quiet button so the driver can't actually talk to me. Like, that is not how we actually work. That's not actually how human beings work. Yeah. We are avoiding something that makes us feel uncomfortable, but it isn't really helpful for us in the long term. Yeah. It's like me drinking water. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't drink enough water. Mostly because I'm like water. I don't know. It's just, it's like so it. boring. Yeah, like, it's, like there's a l- bunch of I'm not thirsty all the time, but I drink things. It makes me fall. Like there's all these various things sure. that are true or maybe I make them up in my head. But well, I also have trouble drinking water. So I'm just, yeah, all yeah. of those things. I just yes. don't drink enough water and then I find it annoying. I drink water and I have to pee all the time. Exactly. It also annoys me because it's like interrupts my day. Yeah. <laughs> completely insane. I know. <laughs> we all have our things. This is my thing. A handful of things. <laughs> so I look for ways to avoid it. But at the end of the day, my body runs on water. Right. Like if I want to function and feel good, I need, I need to water. water. Yes. Like there is. And there's so, no way around it. There's no way around it, right? <laughs> like I can like slice cucumbers and I can buy cute water bottles. But at the end of the day, I have to drink water. Mm-hmm. Even when I don't want to, even when I think if I drink this whole bottle of water, I might have I'm to pee have during to, session. Yeah. I'm going to have to pee like after every session instead right. of like sitting at my desk and writing notes or whatever else I want to be doing. Right. But I still have to do it. Yeah. Because it, that's, what, that's how human my body bodies is work. never going to stop requiring that. And <laughs> human connection. Are you sure? Really- are you sure? So far. So far in all these <laughs> decades, turns out so far now. And like, as human beings, we are social beings. Like, I don't, I always find it sort of amusing when people want to act as though, like, I don't need other people. Like, no, yeah. literally your biology says you do. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. You you need to be connected to other people in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And meaningful isn't just like, I have one best friend or I have a spouse or I have my kid. Like, we also, we need to feel part of a larger community of people. Absolutely. And so, yeah. Yeah. The research is quite clear, guys. It's super clear. There's no getting around yeah. it. It's not just us. Like, no, this isn't, it's not just oh, here. <laughs> yes, those woo-woo therapists. No, 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 no. Science, like literally reams of research is just like no, no. Yeah, you need to like actually talk to other human beings yeah. on a regular basis and be connected to them. Like there is a reason solitary confinement is like one of the highest levels of punishment, punishment you can have. 
Because it drives people crazy. Right. It's like we literally rather be around people who may be a danger to us right. than to just not be around people at all. Like that's actually harder. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole other podcast episode about like the role of attachment and like how important that is and like our yeah. like, need for, you know, boldness, just... rag. Oh no no! Are we, gonna, are we gonna talk about the wire monkey at some point? We should talk we about. Talk we about have to do an attachment episode. We'll do an attachment episode soon, guys. Yes. Um, now people are but, really confused about wire monkeys. Okay. <laughs> it's really Google, sad. Attachment wire monkey. Don't it's Google sad. it. And, then and don't back. look at the pictures because it's so the pictures. sad. Little sad monkeys. But we'll talk more about this. Very. <laughs> All right. Um. I okay. So we also wanted to talk about how this shows up. In dating, so we talked about like committed relationships, but how this shows up in yeah. dating, and which is really where it is. <laughs> I just, it is human being. It is human beings really at their most self destructive in some way. I mean, like we're literally like shooting ourselves in the foot around. Like we're like, I want this thing. And, and I will do nothing to to, to make to it happen. happen. I refuse. I and will I, learn and no I, skill, and I will try zero zero process. things. And I won't go to Arlington. But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> it's so far, oh, barely. It's so far. It's so far. Yeah. Um, that's a whole thing. So yeah, I think the really the thing is that dating is us at our most vulnerable, right? Like yeah. You know, we're really, we're literally putting ourselves out there, literally and figuratively putting ourselves out there. There is inherent rejection in the process. There is inherent, unless you just get lucky the first time out of the gate at however old, like there is inherent rejection. There is inherent disappointment. There is inherent miscommunication, confusion. All of those are absolutely unavoidable to dating. They will absolutely happen. They will also happen in your relationships. Yes. For those of you who are like, can I skip dating and just be in a relationship? No, no. I mean, you no, not really. I mean, I could, I guess. guess. Arranged. Arranged Yeah. Um, However, all of the things you think you're avoiding in dating will just, they happen in your relationships. Right. Because that's what happens. When two people come together in a vulnerable way, hopefully to love each other and be connected. Right. Or even if it's not, they're not being vulnerable or loving or connecting, all of those things are happening. Those are Regardless. The best case scenario is that they're happening in a loving, connected, vulnerable. (laughs) That's the best case scenario when it's optimal. If you're going to take a note away just as an aside that's the goal. Like that is the goal of dating is that all of the misery of it, the mm-hmm. rejection and vulnerability and awkwardness and whatever. Sure. Is that eventually it is matched in equal measure by like loving, kind, passionate, connectedness. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're going to stop having the other stuff. Right. But that ultimately you hopefully meet someone and and it kind of balances out the and it balances out, and you're like, oh, the awkward, the uncomfortable good stuff here. Yeah, totally makes this awkwardness worthwhile. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody likes being vulnerable. It fucking sucks. Yeah. It's still, I mean, it, we were just talking about yes. how like it sucks no matter how long you've done it. It sucks no matter how great your relationship is with your partner, your best friend, or whatever. Like I describe it to my clients as the point at which I have to swallow knives and admit. 
I was wrong or I really felt this way. Like yeah. it's I really like you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In case you thought vulnerability was only when things were terrible. Right. It is equally awful and uncomfortable. And yeah. Even when things are great and exciting, yeah. there's still if it's if there's a vulnerability in there, it is still hard and still painful and uncomfortable. There's yes. no avoiding it. There is no avoiding it. And we keep trying to convince but people. But we keep trying. Which leads us <laughs> into modern dating and again how we are using technology to maybe not undermine ourselves. Yes. As people? Yes. So there's, so we, so this comes from, we took some quotes from an article in the Atlantic. It was actually like a year ago. I didn't realize it was a year ago when I started reading it, but apparently it sat in my house in my kitchen for a year. We just talked to somebody at uh, Nylon Magazine who's working on an article that revisits all of this. Oh, really? It's still timely. Still in the air. It's a timely discussion. (laughs) <laughs> so the article is why are young people having so little sex and it's in the Atlantic if people want to read it. But I wanted to, we wanted to talk about a few of the quotes in here. Yeah. I'm trying to decide the best one. I really pulled too many because there, there's, there's a lot happening. Um, so one guy talks about he got out of a relationship and he was looking for something casual. He wasn't ready to like, be in a serious relationship. Yeah, he just kind of wanted to hook up. Yeah. Okay. And he said, my first instinct was to go to bars, but each time he went to one, he struck out. He couldn't escape the sense that hitting on someone in person had in a short period of time gone from normal behavior to borderline creepy. Another related quote, um, but not the same guy. <laughs> it's not just one guy running around. Having a lot of trouble talking to women now. He wasn't alone. None of these guys are alone. I had somebody on the volleyball team two years ago who I thought was cute and we'd been playing together for a while. He wanted to ask her out, but ultimately concluded that this would be quote, incredibly awkward, even quote, boorish. So let's talk about what's happening here, which is that, yeah. And then there's a story from a girl too. That's basically the same thing. She found a guy attractive. She met him ran into him and then she saw she said hold on she found him attractive and wanted to register her interest but wasn't sure how to do that outside the context of a college party then she remembered that she'd seen his profile on tinder maybe next time i sign in she said musing aloud i'll just swipe right so i don't have to do this awkward thing and get rejected mm-hmm. uh-huh yep right so let's talk about that so yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to to meet new people. Yeah. You have Romantically to. Romantically or platonically, you have to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I'm a fan of dating apps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not, this is not app. against dating apps. No, not at, at all. all. But the idea that to talking to another human being in person, to let them know you're interested in them. Right. In an appropriate. In an appropriate way. Way. Right. Is somehow creepy, boorish, boorish, so awkward that you would rather just roll the dice on maybe, hopefully, you'll hopefully pop up in your like Tinder, Tinder feed? feed. What? Somebody that you know in person that you were running to, that running into in real life on a dating app. I just. Listen, no. I, and I feel like we're gonna people are gonna be angry because therapists are not supposed to be judgmental, and we're. 
what well, we are. Not. We are being judgmental right now. A little bit. But I, I we're tra- not so much judgmental about like these particular human beings who are just trying to like live their fucking lives yeah, and maybe get laid. Like I get it. Sure. But but I think the larger problem is it's it's that it's not these people in isolation. Right. It is a cultural construct now yes. where having a conversation with a human being in real time to say hey, I'd like to get coffee sometime is somehow becoming either unacceptable or awkward. It's always awkward, but unacceptable or what's the other word? Creepy. Which is appalling. And I'm going to point out that, so here's my theory on this, which we talked about. I think that part of what has happened or is happening is that we are giving a subset of people who do not have and do not want to work on their social skills, mm-hmm. basically permission to not get better at this. Yeah. Well, you never Every, have to. Right. Everybody finds it awkward to tell somebody that they're interested, to ask them out. The idea that if you do it on an app, you have eliminated the rejection is not true. Right. You're still rejecting. Right. You can still meet that person and get rejected. Right. You can still, they can still swipe left and not. And then you it's never. What, it's left. That's the not, right? Yeah. Okay. I, just, I, know. <laughs> I know. It's been so long for you. <laughs> well, I was never on, never I've know. never been on the apps. Yes. But, but the, I met my husband on Craigslist. That's a whole different story. <laughs> it should really be a whole episode. I love that story. <laughs> So as as you can see, not anti-technology. Not anti-technology. You were, listen, you were out here using technology. In the Wild West of technology. In the wild West I mean, of dating. Craigslist 13 years ago is not the same as Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it both is and isn't. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, if you're getting a couch, it, it's the same. Right. But if you're meeting if people. You're maybe trying to meet your husband. Probably not. Probably not. I probably wouldn't do that now. I feel like maybe now there's other options. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> slightly safer. And or maybe not. But I think that that's what we're doing is creating a sort of, A, a false illusion that you're somehow avoiding rejection. You cannot avoid rejection mm-hmm. if you are actively trying to connect with people. Right. It is, that is the inherent risk of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we're basically allowing people to not develop basic adult skills. Mm-hmm. Of course it's hard. Of course it's awkward. Right. It is that way for every single person. Yes. Unless you are a sociopath and you're not. Right. You're not. Then no, everybody feels some level of anxiety, some level of awkward, some level of uncertainty about how the interaction is going to go. All of us feel that way. That does not mean it's not a reason to not have those conversations. And I think that the, the cultural context that's then happening is because we are now getting comfortable with this, like, oh, I don't, we don't have to have awkward conversation when people who do have the those skills and sort of the courage to like actually approach somebody and actually start a conversation, mm-hmm. then they feel creepy. And I think part of that right. is, which is a very human thing that we do. If I don't want to have awkward conversation, mm-hmm. I'm too scared to talk to somebody in real life. Mm-hmm. Then somebody who comes up and talks to me in real life. Something's wrong with them. There's something wrong with them. And also unconsciously, you're basically challenging me for being scared. Right. To do the same thing. Right. Right. And I don't like it. 
And so therefore you're <laughs> So creepy. don't do that anymore. And don't do it anymore. <laughs> and I think what people are not necessarily taking into account is that that is becomes like kind of a socially acceptable approach mm-hmm. that is going to then trickle into your technology anyway. The number of people on dating apps who swipe and meet like and connect and message each other and nobody wants to ask anyone out. Oh so yeah. Like a text buddy. Why? Because the nobody thing, the is you're avoiding in real, real time, real life. Mm-hmm. You're s- you're still avoiding. You're still avoiding because just because they're not standing in front of you doesn't make it any less real life. No. Still person. Your feelings are still going to be happening. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Matter. It literally doesn't matter. And it never stops. You never reach some point where you're in a relationship with someone and you don't have to have an awkward conversation at some point. You're I, always going to say things. There's ne- that never like any relationship and not, not even like somebody you're in a romantic relationship, a, a friend, like literally anyone. Like anyone. I think about awkward conversations I've had to have with friends or awkward times where I'm like, do they really like me? Maybe I'm not. Maybe they don't have time for me anymore. Oh, and da, da, da. Why are they me? What's going on? Hmm. Like it's awkward and uncomfortable and it is very vulnerable to have to say like, Hey, is there something going on? Yeah. Did I do something? Or are you know, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Like, I've had. We've all had to have. No, we're not all having those conversations. Actually, all of us have needed to have those. All of us have needed to have those conversations. We've not all followed through on them, but right. Yeah, that's just part of being an adult human being in the world. I mean, if you want to have like good connected relationships to other adult human beings, but it's like the same people who are having trouble, like having the real time conversation are then the same people getting the sex button when they finally (laughs) doing. And I think this is the space where it's like technology is allowing people to basically get by with minimal to very little emotional skill or relational skills. Right. And so you're, we're constantly sort of looking for additional ways to kind of like, I have these needs. I want to be connected. How can I do that without actually putting myself out there? Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately what more and more people are finding or going to be finding is that the more you do that, the lonelier you're going to feel Mm -hmm. because connection happens when we're vulnerable with people. Right. That's how they know who you really are. That's how you feel really seen. And so all of these ways to avoid these awkward conversations, like, it's great. Listen, I've yeah. used technology to avoid an awkward conversation or two. Sure. sure. Yeah. But as a general way of functioning in the world. Mm-hmm. It's only going to bite you in the butt. Poorly. Yeah. There's no, there's no good, there's no up from there. No. Because you're just avoiding the very thing that you need. And I'm sure there is some scenario that I'm not thinking about right now where some of these, some of these strategies would be helpful and in a way that is appropriate. I'm not thinking, I'm not coming up with one, but I'm sure there is one because in the diversity of human experience, somebody is going to like send us an angry email and tell us that. I did it. This was, this was in the thing and da, 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 da. Sure. There are always exceptions. But right. in a general sense, mm-hmm. you have to talk to people. Yeah. In, as, as I and, believe someone in the article said, 
real time. In real time. Yes, in real time. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but we are all living in real time. There's no escape from real time. Yeah, there's not, like, there isn't sort of like a weird pause button. Or no. Like, it's like, I'm not sure... Technology has not taken us. It's to not that eliminated the time construct. Time still exists and it is constantly happening. Yeah. yeah. Somehow. Mm-hmm. It's, well, there's a whole argument that maybe the time is an illusion, but whatever. We're going to out for time is a thing. Time is a thing. And my gray hair say that time is a thing. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> By all indications, yeah. time seemed to be a time seems to be a thing. Yeah. And I think what oftentimes people are really trying to express is you're creating distance between you and the response of another human being, Mm -hmm. but their response is still coming. Yes, exactly. And there's, there's, yes, there's no way to avoid that. There's no way to avoid that. No, not as a long-term strategy. So like one of the other quotes was talking about how, um, Oh, it's the article. I think it's the author herself who um, met her husband in an elevator. Am I mixing up two quotes? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, the first time my husband and I met up outside work, neither of us was sure whether it was a date. When you find someone via an app, there's less uncertainty. So I can remember when I started dating my husband, like I was uncertain as to whether like the second date or the third date. The first date was definitely just like lunch we knew each other blah 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 so there wasn't it so much ambiguity but like the second and third i remember being like wait is this a date and asking him so is this a date uh-huh. and it felt i can remember that call like it was 13 years ago and i can remember being in the car being in the dark and asking him it was awkward enough yeah i still remember it yeah, like- <laughs> Terrible. Right. But I had to do it because I had to know if it was a date or not. Yes. Probably so I knew what to wear. Um, Fair. <laughs> I mean, that's a solid reason to know. That's probably what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> um, what do I wear? Yeah. How much I wear? I'm not putting on heels if this is not a date. Yeah. <laughs> I need to figure out my shoe situation. <laughs> I think what we, what we forget is while the feeling it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. We do get better at it. Oh yeah. And particularly in interaction with a particular person, we get better at it the more we do it. Mm-hmm. So why not just start from the beginning? Just do it. Because those ambiguities don't really go away. If anything, my experience is because you met on a dating app. Yes. There's a certain level of assumption like that you, Probably we're both single, yeah. probably we're both looking to date in some capacity. Right. How serious is that? We had a great lunch. Are you really serious about me? And like, are you dating me and like five other people? Right. Like, are you looking to just hook up? Or are you looking yeah. for a serious relationship? Are you leaving the country in six months? Right. Guess what? You're going to have to ask these questions. Right. So you might as well start by asking, hey, would you like to get coffee? <laughs> That's Or is this a date? Or is this a date? <laughs> or, or, you know, yeah, like, or what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a date and this has been fun, These this number of dates, like. All of that. I don't know. I don't want to see other people. Do you still want to see other people? Like, are we only, are we being exclusive? Are we monogamous? Like, 
Mm-hmm. These are legitimate conversations. Absolutely. And all of them make us a little awkward, uncomfortable and awkward and feel really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But that that is the path to kind of creating a relationship you really want. Right. And there's not another way around it. There's no way around yeah. it. Yeah. So you're just not sort of I like, know of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have to come back to the core path. Doesn't matter how much right. you get, how many, you know, whatever. Like we as human beings still have to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And you still have to be awkward, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. ask different difficult questions like, hey, why haven't you wanted to have sex in the last however long, three weeks, right. two months, yeah. six months, whatever. You like hit your sex button in 14 days. <laughs> There still has to be an actual conversation yeah. or there doesn't. And it, it like the, I guess from our perspective, it's like, we only, we see the, we see very clear examples of when the conversation is not happening or for whatever reason, people are not able to have those conversations and how it just gets worse. It can only get worse. It only gets worse. And I feel like most of you listening can think of some example in your life or somebody you know's life where you they weren't sure about something they didn't want to have an awkward conversation so the conversation didn't happen and it snowballs into a huge thing only to find out later if you had talked about it Mm -hmm. that whatever story you came up with in your head wasn't true what the other person was assuming wasn't true like if you had just had a much smaller awkward conversation Mm-hmm. then neither person would have like snowballed into this huge thing that then feels like significantly like a significant moment or potentially detrimental to a relationship, be it friendship or romantic or family or whatever. Like, right. That's, that's how this works. And yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's a skill. You have to learn it. Right. And you have to practice it. Right. And, and like you said, it does, it, it gets easier. It never feels great. There's no point at which you're like, it feels great. If it feels great, you're doing it wrong. I'll just say that flat out. Yeah. No, vulnerability does not feel great. No, not ever. Not ever. Not ever in your life. You may feel good about yourself doing it. Having done it. Yes. Like, like, look at me. Look at me. I'm so proud of myself for being a grown up, emotionally mature adult. Yeah. It didn't feel good doing it at all. No, but it does get easier because you're able to recognize the barrier to me getting to what I want is this uncomfortable conversation or this moment of vulnerability. And I just need to have, I just need to have this amount of courage or bravery for these three minutes or however long for me to be able to get this out to this other person and, and, and figure out from there. And I mean, if we're being honest with vulnerability, there is the, always the risk that things don't go well. Yeah. But that's still but not a converse, not a reason not to have the conversation. I think as people, we try to trick ourselves into thinking, if I don't have the conversation, then I won't feel the feelings. Right. And that is not how feelings work. Mm-mm. Nope. Pretending like you don't have them or trying to avoid them by not... Always them. makes them worse. It makes it worse. And then at some point, you feel like you've sort of blown the opportunity for it to be a good thing. Like mm-hmm. I think about... Like the quote, like the guy with like, you know, that wants to like ask the woman out. The volleyball. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah, it's awkward and you don't want to do it. But at some point, you know, three months later, she's going to come in and she'll be at practice for volleyball talking about her new boyfriend. Yeah. And And that's going to feel like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 
could have been me right if i had sucked it up and done this really had this like 30 second awkward moment of like hey would you like to go get coffee coffee or drinks or whatever gatorade or something after yeah i mean he's talking about in this article he's probably thinking about this girl like and not that he's necessarily thinking about her all the time but he's certainly thinking about her more than the time he would have spent having the conversation asking her out. yes and then you know right because we pour all this energy into things that we haven't done and then it's like well then you you know she's gonna be like yeah that sounds great mm-hmm. i'm gonna bring my boyfriend along and then you know she's not available or she's gonna be like that sounds like fun or you'll go and you'll find out that she just sees you as a friend or she'll go and you'll find out that she's been thinking about you this whole time too right is really or that she's totally weird and you don't like her at all right also helpful awesome. information right <laughs> She's nothing like she is on the volleyball court. <laughs> regular day time. <laughs> but the only way to find that out is to, we have to show up for life. Yeah. As two people who love technology, yeah. innovation, it still means you got to talk to people. So, and I will say, I do, the math that I do and the math that I sort of talk to with my clients about like having usually these are much higher stakes, uncomfortable and difficult conversations is if the cost to your, like basically the cost to sort of your psyche, your emotional, mental health, well being is higher to not have the conversation than to have it, then you need to have it. Yeah. If you feel like the cost isn't as high for whatever reason, like Mm -hmm. if you feel like the actual cost of having the conversation is higher, like yeah. either because you think this person is going to be maybe explosive or just completely disagreeable, um, then don't. Right. Like that's kind of my my math on the situation. Yeah. Like I am, there's no comfortable option. I am weighing two uncomfortable options. Yeah. But which one is actually more like uncomfortable. more uncomfortable and and worse for me? Right. Like that's the math. And so kind of framing them in their head. And so which can be like a way to get to like, okay, I know I need to have this conversation. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on getting myself there. I'm putting that in my frame of mind because I know that it has to happen. Yeah. Um, That's typically like more involved. That's I think that's a solid formula. And even I mean, even in places where the stakes are not that high, like I think about I said this to you earlier, like. I think about, you know, the Uber quiet mode. Mm-hmm. I love a silent drive, man. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's like sometimes the only quiet moment of my whole day where nobody is talking to me. <laughs> but to me, the cost of me having some silence versus what it would feel like to know that I sent some anonymous, you know, message through the internets <laughs> into somebody's phone to be like, I don't, don't even, talk to me. I don't even know you yet, mm-hmm. but don't speak to me. Yeah. That for me feels like too high of a cost right. for my comfort of like maybe a quiet drive. Cause you know what? Sometimes people say interesting things. They do. And also I'm a big girl who, if I really don't want to talk about it, can say to somebody, Hey, yeah, listen, I'm really trying to finish this audiobook. I'm I'm going to put my headphones in now. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I I mean I did the same math actually recently. I was late at night. I go to bed late, as Esther knows. But it was late at night, and I was getting in bed. So it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And somebody was, like, parked on my block, parked on my street, and they were, 
blasting music from their car. I guess they were waiting for somebody to come out. And I waited like one song and then like two songs. Mm -hmm. And they were all songs I knew, which made it even harder, I think, to ignore. It's like, like, I like Tyrone. Like, yeah. (laughs) But also I'm trying to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And like I laid there for like, I don't know how long, maybe 10, 15 minutes because it was really loud um, and was like, if I, I can sit here and be super annoyed and literally like hating this other person that I don't know because they won't let me sleep. Or I can be a big girl and go down and ask this person politely to turn down the music in their car. And I was like, it's going to be awkward. What if he's angry? What if they hate me? Like all of those things are possible. They're not likely, but they are possible. And I got up and put my pajama pants on and went and asked the person to turn down their music. And he said, yes, I can turn down my music for you. Sorry. And I said, sorry, too. We went to, or I said, thank you. And we went to bed. Yeah. All of that. But I would have laid there for however long that dude sat there. Yeah. Hating him and cursing him and not sleeping when literally a minute walk and conversation ended the whole problem. Yeah. And you feel better and you're arrested and that, and because you approached it from a place that was nice, like they feel like if nothing else, like they're a little bit more thoughtful. Right. Generally speaking, human interaction ends fairly well. Yeah. The vast majority of the time. The majority of the time. Yeah. Cause I didn't go over there like screaming, like you need to turn your, I was like, excuse me, can you turn down your music? That's it. That's it. That's it was like five words. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No problem. Yeah. And then like goes on. And yeah, sometimes people are not going to be that amenable, mm-hmm. but that's also about like that's how we sort of flex all of these emotional social muscles is by doing that. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the time nobody dies. Right. Nobody I know somebody's going to be like that guy could have like yes. hit you or shot you or but, uh, craziness but like no but also but also no you're an adult you can <laughs> make a picture right but you know your neighborhood you know your neighbors you right. know your thing like you know you know who like okay. the odds of that are so low they're not even worth considering frankly yes. that's that's the the full story like yeah. it's not even worth considering right. you're like that's just that doesn't happen very often. We like yeah. to use exceptions to the rule mm-hmm. to allow us to circumvent things that make us uncomfortable because we think comfort equals right choice. Right. And the vast majority of the time, it, that's not true. No. Yeah. No. Comfort is not a good measure of whether or not you're doing the correct the right, thing. Correct thing. Mm-hmm. Or the best thing or the healthy yeah, thing or for you. the healthiest you. thing. Like, listen. Comfort is not... It's not a non. It's not a non-factor. Like it's certainly a factor, yeah. but it is not. It is not the end-all and be-all factor no. for sure. And I, you know, I think everybody can imagine things that you need to do that are good for you mm-hmm. and good for your relationships and good for your community and etc. That are not comfortable. Yeah, like drinking water and having to pee all the time. Yeah, super <gasps> terrible. <laughs> do every day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Um, we are going to encourage all of you to use tons of technology. And drink water. And drink water. Uh, and message us and follow us and all those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe talk to human beings in real time, in real life. Yep. 
real where you could possibly say something stupid yeah or awkward or boorish boorish Uh, and I think with that in mind, we will need to think about, hopefully some people will send us some ideas. We should, we need to do like a live podcast episode yes. so we can talk to people in real time and say awkward, terrible things. That's Although, true. Well, we uh, have Instagram live. We do. Oh, that's right. Yeah. On Tuesdays at lunchtime, you can catch us on Instagram live. Mm-hmm. And also to be fair, although our podcast gets edited for like quality, sound mm-hmm. quality. Sure. You can rest assured that we say lots of awkward things yeah. and we do not cut them out. This is it. You they guys, probably already know that if they listen if, to If you listen to, this, <laughs> listen to this episode all the way to the end, you already know. Because probably we would have cut out several of the F-bombs earlier on. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, right. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to everybody in the next episode. Yeah. Hope people will. I feel like we'll get hate mail for this one. Maybe. I'm excited for our hate mail for this I one. I do. I like it. I like that yeah. we create enough passion for hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. So, what'd you think of today's episode? If you're listening in the Anchor.fm app, hit the button up at the top and leave us a message. You can also send us messages on Instagram or Twitter at EstherBMFT and at Ian Flats. You can send us your therapist problems, suggestions for read, listen, watch, or ideas for upcoming episodes. And with that being said, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, anchor.fm. Catch you in the next episode.